0: Nourished by Spinneys, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well
1: and live well. I'm Tiffany Eslick. And I'm Devina Devecha. Welcome to a space where we hope to nourish your heart and your soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. Today, we're chatting with Stasha Tonchev, who is the founder
0: of 21 Grams, which describes itself as an urban Balkan bistro. It's one of those places where you just walk in and feel like there's something special going on there. They've won several awards since they opened, including a listing in Gault & 50 Best Discovery, The Financial Times How to Spend It, and were just awarded Time Out Best Breakfast in 2023. All of this begins with her title. She calls herself their Chief Soul Kitchen
1: Officer. I don't know if you actually know this, but I go to 21 Grams about once a month for my book club. Um, We've never felt the need to change our location. You know, there's great tea, great coffee, and I personally love the filo pie. Um, And the team is always so lovely to us. You know, if I have to sum up today's episode and just about all my
0: chats with Sasha, really, it's how creativity thrives when you're driven by purpose. Whenever I think of you, I think of that line from Tennyson's Ulysses thing, which is to strive, to seek, to find and not to yield because you like this creative force. And I know when I was chatting to Chirag now before we sat down, he was like, you know, the minute you walked into the restaurant here at 21 grams, everything just lifted. And I wanted to know, like, where do you get your energy from? Because whenever I, yeah, whenever I'm around you, you just exude this energy. <laughs> wow, <Well,
2: laughs> that's a good question, and I get to ask myself that a lot. And honestly, I don't know. But what I like to think is really that comes from from something that you know, if I may say, I'm born with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as well, um, I know that I find my energy from connection with with people but as well through something that I believe I have which is that drive to really seek I really have like that great thirst for life for real things for uh, things that you can feel deeply that move you that steer your soul that's very moving. This is what drives me and that what makes me get up from the bed in the morning. And if there is such a thing um, ahead of me, then I go for it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, give it to me. Just <laughs> me the energy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean like, just, just last night, like, let me tell you a story. So, I last night, uh, obviously, knowing that today we have this podcast, and it's very important, I was very excited about that. I said, like, okay, I'm going to bed in time. I'm going to try to fall asleep on time, get, you know, up in the morning fresh and ready for this and then what happened uh, full moon i really struggled to 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 fall asleep and eventually it did and then i guess one hour out, two hours later i got that little mosquito <laughs> oh that did all terrible things for some time then i had to get up switch on the lights um, um kill it uh, and then when I went to back to bed, I still couldn't uh, couldn't fall asleep. And probably some people would get frustrated or like, you know, just things are not going their way. Um, I just sat in my bed and I just thought to myself like, oh, probably this is not just night meant for sleeping. What else I can do? Can I read? Can I just stare at my ceiling? But one thing is for sure, I won't be frustrated person because things are not going my way so it's like you know when things don't go right i go left and i go that way effortlessly i just like make my peace with the things that they're not as they should be or as i imagine them to be and i just find a way around that so i didn't get much of the sleep but as well i woke up this morning and everything was fine and i'm not as bad as someone would expect it from a person who slept just a couple of hours
0: yeah so- That's such
2: a great way of looking at things. And actually, it's like a lesson from the universe because today I was
0: in a foul mood before I got here. Obviously, walking into your beautiful space calmed me down. But yeah, like, just, like don't get so frustrated about little things, right? Exactly. It's a good way of looking at it as well. Like, tonight's just not a night for sleep. I think I'm going to try that instead of like... It's it's, it's You do toss and turn and I get you with the full moon. That's, that gets me every time. So. Um- Um, I thought that maybe what we could do, I mean, we've chatted a lot. Um, I've been fortunate enough to interview you a few times and just hang out with you and as friends, but for those who don't know about your background, A little bit about your childhood. I mean, I remember that you've been cooking since you were like seven years old. I think you told us, but when we
2: did the cookbook. Um, So, yeah, like how, yeah, tell me a bit about growing up. Okay. So, if there is anyone that doesn't know, I come from Serbia. I grew up in Serbia. Um, I came to Dubai now 14 years ago. Um, While growing up in Serbia, I grew up between uh, my hometown, Abisad, and the countryside where my parents come from and my grandparents uh, lived um, at the time. Um, I grew up basically um, on fields and on the farm with animals, eating fruits and vegetables straight from the tree, from the ground, very organically. Um, and I really had um a beautiful childhood. Um, I was, um, and I am the youngest child um, in uh-huh, the family. The baby. <laughs> so the, the baby. And I'm like uh, one of these children that came very late. So all my siblings are uh, quite older than me. So I was the baby, 100%. Someone who was really um, looked... After and uh, taking care of with a lot of love.
0: Did you learn how to play that
2: baby card? Because I'm convinced my brother did. Uh, he's the youngest, and he. <laughs> no, but what that baby card, if, if you like to call it that way, um, really brought to me is that I know how to fight for myself. Because you know, having so many older uh, siblings, you always feel that you you know you don't get what you deserve. Uh, that could be probably the feeling that um, I got the most uh, when I was really young, and that I really had to fight for what I thought, you know, I should get what I deserve, which is a good life. Uh, life lesson to to sort of understand that we need to work for the things, and that things are not are simply given to us, and that somehow. We need to deserve them. And then only if we get them by that um by that rule, we are able to enjoy them. And then they actually mean something. So that was like, you know, somehow my childhood. That were from one side. I was very protected, very, very loved. Uh, but at the same time, I, ha- I I got that space, I got that room not to just turn into one spoiled child. Uh and i was quite independent my my parents uh, were business owners as well so they obviously spent a lot of time out of the house uh, my sister is 10 years older than me so already at, when i when i was like 7 8 years old she was a teenager she was going out a lot so i was home alone for For a lot of of my um, childhood, and then one day, um, and creative as I am, as as I was even at that time, um, one day I thought like it would be a good idea to try cook something, and I started cooking from my mom's magazines, and trying at least I I tried to do that. Obviously, I was not allowed to to be in the kitchen, and you know. Use the stove and oven and whatnot, but I still did. Uh, so I was a little rebel as well. Um, and um, what is the best part of it? It's not that I started cooking very early, but that I understood what cooking and food mean to me. Because the first time I got or I thought that I got um, a dish right, I didn't just sit down and enjoy it myself. I invited all the kids from my neighborhood of
0: course <laughs> and
2: we did and we did a little party at, at my kitchen at my super tiny kitchen at that time and we continue doing that. so I would come from school I would cook I would get the kids at my table I would be super proud I would be um, super happy and content that I'm sharing with them something that I made. Uh, that made all of us happy and that we just simply gathered. Um And I've been doing that for some time until my parents found out and I was <laughs> grounded for some time but that didn't stop okay. again I continued doing that by age of nine I was cooking already proper meals like name it's traditional dishes Italian dishes I was that little foodie and little cook that no one expected from that's a amazing child of, yes I think I was only could only make cheese puffs <laughs> when I was nine like many kids, but yeah, yeah I, I could cook properly and I enjoyed it and then by the by my teenage um uh, time, I was really uh, someone who lived and breathed the food and cooking and gathering people, which is more important than any of, you know, just food itself or cooking. I was 100% into that. And did you know that you always wanted to have a restaurant, like an official restaurant? Absolutely not. Okay. It was not on the table at all. See, like, uh, where I come from, being a chef has never been a really uh, thing you want for your child, to be very honest. It's never been looked as a profession, more as a voc- uh, vocation. And my parents at the same time never ever took that talent as a, as a talent, as something to be nourished. They thought it's awesome. They supported me as much as they can, but it was never um, a thing that... Um, I was given idea it should be taken further so I started economics marketing that was kind of the the, the road paved for me um, yeah what was what was the question did you know that you always wanted to yeah have a restaurant no, so, no, yeah exactly so not, yeah. not not really I just always knew that I want to cook and I was cooking like very naturally and organically that was a I probably took it for granted as like part of my personality, of part of someone who, who I am, um, and never pursued like to to do it professionally. Absolutely not. At one point of time, many many people would come to me and say like, "Stasha, you really have to do something about. It. Why don't you open a restaurant? Why you why don't you do this or that?" Write cookbooks, do workshops, do something about that, supper club, like, but just do it because if you don't, I like people really think I would do something very wrong in my life to, to myself. So that made me thinking, but it's, it's uh, I was still far, far of, away from the idea of opening a restaurant, especially, uh, Especially not in in Dubai. That was that was not on the table, really. And how yes, did it you happened. take that brave step? <laughs> like, yes, it happened. What gave you that confidence and again the energy to do this? See, I always say that twenty one grams came to me. It came organically, but it came for certain reasons. And one of the reasons, yes, that's I cooked. I never been a chef, but I cooked, and I'm loving that. That um, I'm loving. Um, bringing people together over the food, that's one thing. Second is that uh, when it came to Dubai, um, I was working in a high-end restaurants. Um, I've seen how things are done. Um, I learned so many things. I got some insights uh, into the market here. So that gave me sort of the business perspective uh, to things I like to do. Um, at the same time, being a Balkan uh, human being in Dubai, Um Confirmed to me that Balkan cuisine has a huge potential, um, that somehow it needs just a bit of that uh, fairy mother magic Mm -hmm. to go off to the bowl. Um, So the combination of me loving where I come from, uh, really uh, honoring my roots, um, the fact that I love the food, people, connections, Music, art, design, <laughs> um, and the fact that I have a hospitality background are the components that are the part of the recipe that gave me the confidence and then courage to, to start with 20 months. But really, it, it came to me, uh, there is obviously a story yes. behind that. Seven years ago, I had what I thought ideal life. I got a job that I enjoyed. I was paid well. I had plenty of free time. And one day I, i got a call. i got a call from a person that I used to work with before. Um, and he told me the following. Hey, Stasha, I'm opening a small boutique hotel in Jamira, just 21 rooms. Um, and we are looking for someone to take over the tiny restaurant, tiny place, 25 seats, mostly breakfast and lunch. Um, I'm not really willing to operate it um, myself. Do you know someone? I know like you You used to work in hospitality. Do you have anyone? And I said like, listen, I have no idea, but let me let me um, ask around. And that was at that time when people were telling me like, you know, you have to do something about that. It was exactly, and it was the time and I was a very vocal about what's happening in the hospitality industry and that I'm not happy with certain things and that things could be done differently and better and whatnot. And that night I came home and um I told to my husband, I told him, Listen, you know, I just got this call. Do we know someone? Uh he looked at me and he was like, You woman. You it's like, Me, no way. And he goes, Like, think about that. Think about all the things you've been doing so far, all the things you be uh, you you've been uh, talking about and being very vocal about now you get your chance now you get your platform to do things as you think they might work and they would be better than they are here is your chance sleep sleep on it let me know what you think tomorrow it should be you well the rest is history
0: can you tell us, I know it's somewhere on your website, but what does the name mean?
2: Okay, there is a um, theory mm-hmm. uh, that says that um, 21 grams is the weight of human soul. Um, obviously, that was a theory long time ago when a scientist, which I was in 1906. And it was a kind of official theory for a while. In the meantime, it just became uh, the urban meat, But yeah the The background of twenty one grams is the idea of the weight of human soul, um, but at the same time twenty one degrees is the longitude of the Balkan region. Oh, okay. So I believe that these things really nicely sum up our idea of being a Balkan soul food. Place. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't know that second part. So, Balkan and Soul food, Balkan and Soul came yeah. into into Wonderful. this. When we come back, I ask Stasha why she's
0: never been tempted to take on any of Dubai's staples. You know, I love them, but you see, every cafe have avocados and truffles on their menu. That's right after the short break. Davina, let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite things: cheese.
1: Do you have a favorite kind of cheese, though, or is that too hard a question?
0: Absolutely. I'm not even going down that road. Um, But I know the cheese I want to talk about right now, and that's Parmigiano Reggiano. I was in Italy earlier this year and found myself surrounded by wheels of them stacked into towers, almost like a skyline. This is at our supplier Zanetti, which is now in its fourth generation, having started in 1900
1: by Guido Zanetti. His great-grandson Paolo Zanetti gave me a fantastic tour. Most importantly, did you get to try both the Parmigiano-Reggiano and the Grana Padano?
0: Yes, absolutely. I tried various wheels of cheese of different ages, and Paolo really went into detail about like which cheese goes with which dish that you're trying to serve.
2: For a big occasion, like uh, together with a uh, very good Italian uh, red wine or... Uh... Champagne is good to have a very well mature Parmigiano Reggiano, like a 3 years old Parmigiano Reggiano. If you want uh, uh, products to be created on pasta, uh, like 16 months old, uh, Grana Padano is very good. And uh, as a table cheese or as an appetizer cheese or a piece of cheese, I used to have a Parmigiano Reggiano, well mature Parmigiano Reggiano, like 3 years old Parmigiano Reggiano.
0: So the next time you're serving something special for your friends or family, or just indulging in a slice of pizza or leftover pasta for breakfast, grate some of our Spinney's food Parmigiano-Reggiano or Grana Padano today. Welcome back. This is Nourished by Spinnies. I'm Tiffany Eslick, and you're listening to my conversation with Sasha Tonshev, who is the founder of 21 Grams. I remember when I first went, it was the Park Regis. Yes, Park Regis Boutique Hotel, yeah. And just around the corner. It was like a late afternoon on the weekend and I went in for a late lunch and I think it was Sam Fudeva was sitting in the corner with her husband and I was with Nadia from Melange. And I just, and we ordered like your dip platters and that's when I found your chicken liver pate and the light was coming in beautifully. And I just thought your design was so different at the time to like any small little cafe that was popping up. And I just thought oh my gosh, this is my place, you know? And I was hooked. I think you, yeah, it was the first time that I'd actually tried some Balkan food as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the space that you had created there, like all your new spaces as well, there's, it is full of soul. Like when you say, you know, from the music to the art, to the design, you, do you make a conscious effort with everything now that you've set up like this place, your new taste away? Um, are you always also concerned about the ambience and the design and the art is everything equally as important
2: equally? Absolutely. Because I, I never thought I'm creating a space. I was always creating a place, a place to be, and for a place to be one of, uh, one of these is all these things are equally important, but the good thing about that, um, I always did it quite effortlessly and that something that gave me a lot of joy once people start recognizing and loving it, uh, they actually loved me through that place because everything at twenty one grams is is me. And I always try to be very honest, very transparent, uh, to to bring to people um, things that I admire. But overall, it's an energy. I truly believe in an energy, and when the energy comes from the right place, which is usually either heart or soul or both ideally um then it's easy to it's easy to be loved it's easy to be recognized um it's always hard to define it's always hard to describe so i think that people would come to us very often and they would like certain things but they are not really able to to find what is it they would just say, you know, 21 grams is beautiful. Whether whether they they fall in love with the food, with the taste of our food, or the plate it's served um, in, or the music or whatever. But all together, that's the 21 grams, and the 21 grams is this huge bowl of energy. But not just my energy; um, it's our collective energy. So it's me, it's my team that um, I always try to to make them feel good to f- that they first of all feel at home at 20 grams. so they're able to 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 transfer that feeling and that that emotion to everyone who is coming through these and doors. you can really tell that with a team like when i've been here not
0: that like, they're like your kids, but you you feel like a family. Honestly, like when you are interacting with everyone, it's
2: you you all seem so close and genuinely close. You know, they yeah. are. They're absolute. And again, it I know it it might sound as a cliche, but listen, this is the owner operated business. I spend here ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day, almost every single day. If I don't make this place a happy place for myself if I don't make my people happy people what I'm doing and why I'm here. Right. So, and, but you know, it's, it's a two way street. It's not just their responsibility to be great people or great team. It's my responsibility. It comes from me. And I wake up with that responsibility every morning to, to make it, to make it happen. So You know, leave all the cliches, leave all the, you know, affirmation messages or whatnot. It's if nothing else, it's for a very selfish reason that I want to love and I want to be loved. Simple as that. At least you know. And everyone in between. Yeah. (laughs) And everything in
0: between. I wanted to ask you, I mean, talking about authenticity, so some food has arrived, which this is one of my favorite things, this filo pie, you know, it's what well, yeah, the goat cheese and honey is just gorgeous, but you've always stuck to your guns. So you have never, you have no caviar, avocado, truffle, burgers, barata, ever, burrata, nothing. Has it been tough like doing that and, you know, keep sort of like only putting out, you know, Balkan cuisine and do people ask like, oh, I want avocado. Have you, or you, yeah. Has it been easy to stick to your guns and and do what you set out to do?
2: In full honesty, I think actually it was easy because sticking to your guts is the best thing you can do and it should be easy. And it was easy. Now, um, educating people uh, sort of um, bringing them onto your page was sort of difficult that painful process of bringing something different something that is real deal to the table as much as that is always appreciated as idea in reality is not always easy to to present um it's it it was it was it was quite fast because all these values they came together, people recognize them, people relate to them, and from one point which was probably just first year, uh, people took it as as it is and they love it for what it is. And you know, getting all these awards and recognitions is a beautiful thing. Um, especially when you know how you started, where you started, how hard it was, all the battles you had to fight, all the messages you had to send, all the explanations you had to to give. Uh, But at the end of the day, the biggest award that we got is that we have become a loved restaurant, a loved um, place, a loved team. And that's just more than a multi award winning restaurant or multi award winning business. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And, and you <laughs> know, and especially for the things that people never heard of before. And, uh, very often uh, when I, when I joke, I say like, uh, can you count how many times, uh, Dubai, uh, said Balkan before and after 21 grams? How many times they said Burek, Cevapi, Sarma, Piaskowica and, the best part is that today, they know what this means. Are you um, genuinely proud of what you're, you've done as a person? Do you, you take time to think, I've done this? you know. I am super, uber proud of what we've done. It doesn't show all the time. I do have my doubts. I do have my hard moments. Um, it's not really all the roses. and And people know that. And I'm just a human being. So I need to learn a lot and I'm learning a lot every single day Uh, but if you give me a moment to think of things what we've done then and if I sit with that idea I'm coming out with 100% pride and gratitude for everything. What do you think on your menu
0: people should try if they somehow have never been to 21 grams. I don't want to say top three dishes, but just something that is really, what's all unique. But yeah, what do you want people to try firsthand? Filo
2: pies, yeah, definitely. And they probably, in my opinion, are number one because we are one of the rare... um Restaurants that still do them from scratch. That is one of the traditions and the concept that's slowly dying. Even back home in Serbia, it's super hard to find bakeries and places that still do everything properly from A to Z. And we know why is that? Because it's hard. It's, it's really, really hard first yeah. to find people that know how to do it, right? The, the, the bakers that still honoring these traditions uh that's for one, but once you find it, just to practice this skill, this to to excel in it, it takes time. It takes so much, so much effort. But this is one of the things that we are absolutely not giving up. We want to to serve the real deal, the real thing. We want to do it properly, and to show it to the world in in a best possible light. Did the recipe come from like? your grandmother or as a family recipe no this this one is no definitely not this and this recipe and the fillip pie that you are enjoying now it it was a really a process Mm -hmm. uh just our initial recipe when we were opening 21 grams took us six months six months to find the right flour. okay Yeah. yeah um and then from there it was constantly work in progress this pie that you're having today is not the same pie that we served five five years ago so the recipe was always the same the the technique that we used in principle is the same Mm -hmm. but i think we we excelled in that so it's definitely a better than it used to be Mm. I was saying uh, to Ankit and my
0: team that, you know, I wanted to come and you said kindly said I could come and work in your kitchen sometimes <laughs> and uh, just because I wanted to learn. And he was like, whatever you do, get that recipe for the peanut butter. I
2: was like, I'm not going to just, just listen." Like, we can give <laughs> and share this recipe anytime yeah, yeah. from A to Z. Yeah. There is no secrets about that. You can even Google it. Yeah, But... There is something in this pie, I don't want to call it love or anything, but there is something, there is a magic in, the, in this pie that you can't, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you have to discover it for yourself. Yeah. It doesn't come with a the recipe. There is time you need to invest. Mm. And then here you go.
0: Absolutely. It's my go-to. Whether I'm um, yeah. well, at well, Time Out Market welcome
2: or here. Welcome, <laughs> anytime. We already discussed that. <laughs> yes. uh, so yeah. yeah, the pie is one thing on the menu that I would always recommend. But there is um, mm-hmm. um These are all filo pastries, just a different uh, way of folding and fillings. But um, I love to recommend sarma. Mm-hmm. Uh, sarma is our very traditional dish. Uh, it's called princess of the Balkan cuisine. It's something that you will find... Um, um, always on our table during the festive season mm-hmm. again it calls for a very simple ingredients but the process is not as simple as it might sound um, first we need to ferment cabbage mm-hmm. that's that's a serious process yes <laughs> and once you have the fermented cabbage then we roll it with the minced beef it's slowly cooked um, there is a lot of uh, dried meat smoked meat that we cook it with and but what I love about this it gives you so 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 much flavor, mm-hmm. and I like to say it's a, it's a mummy dish of Balkan cuisine.
0: Okay. yeah, well, That's a nice way yeah. of calling it. Yeah. <laughs> Should we eat? And Please? Yes. 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 Do, you yes. Want, do you want a piece? How Do you eat this pie every day?
2: <laughs> I don't, <laughs> but I love to share it with other people. Do you create all your own playlists, or does the team get to no. choose? And no one gets to choose the music <laughs> in Twenty grams beside you. I'm, I'm very protective over the music. Mm. It's very, it's very important to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive to it as mm-hmm. well. I keep it yeah. just for myself. I think that's okay. Yes, <laughs> place um, You're only um, munching in the mic. Um,
0: and um, no place, no cutlery. No place, no cutlery. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna carry on eating. I have one last question, which we ask everybody, um, which is what, you know, our podcast is called Nourish. What nourishes your soul?
2: What nourishes my soul? Moments like this. Mm -hmm. Some real moments um, with people, uh, moments in nature, moments with horses moments with dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that nourishes my soul
0: dare I ask if there's anything else on the cards because I know you've just opened your taste away at Elsa you've got timeout you've got this the roof garden or the urban farm
2: exactly is there anything else but we do a lot yeah. of caterings yeah yes so we are all around town with our catering services with events as well mm-hmm. we we just finished the sika at Pastakia. There is always something going on, and uh, the best part of it is that as much as I plan, things always come in their own way, in their own order, um, and I love how it goes. Mm-hmm. I I really try to to stay open for anything that probably I couldn't even think of. Mm. Mostly, like you know the. 21 grams. Many people ask me like, you know, what's your plan for expansion? What you're doing next? What you're doing now? And for me, it's always like that question that is so hard to be answered. Uh, and it might seem that I'm maybe a leader, a business owner without vision, without goal, without... and. Made me question myself so many times because I never had that clear picture that twenty one grams should be on so many locations and should be open regionally and worldwide. And you know, and I always wondered like if I'm doing right thing, if if I'm feeling right thing. and one day, or more probably like a couple of days and weeks, I sat with myself and really tried to figure out what what I want for 21 grams. And I just know it for fact that I want 21 grams to be a good, loved restaurant for a long time. To stay here in Dubai for a long time. That's the ultimate goal. What's going to happen in between to help us make this happen. I keep it open. But ultimate goal is this. Yeah.
0: Well, staying for a long time is an excellent goal. So yeah. And I think there is some there's a lot in that because if you plan every second of every thing that you're gonna be doing, you miss out on those things, those spontaneous things that can come in. It's it's life, you know, it's a lesson to know in life. So
2: as as we got yeah. to learn today, twenty one grams was made of very spontaneous mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. So Staying through to ourselves and yeah. doing things spontaneously not recklessly mm-hmm. not without the plan in the sense that you know once we do things we just let them be or go as as they are mm. then we work really hard uh, both planning and organizing and you know but um it's why you're doing that is way more important than the, the rest of the things
1: I know the word soul came up a lot on this episode, but that really was a soulful episode. I suppose that's what drives us and the show too, and why we love asking our guests what nourishes their soul.
0: Yeah, I was telling her how she makes
2: even horse riding romantic, and she was quick to point out how it really isn't. This is one of these moments, uh, Instagram versus reality. Most of the time it's just uh, me learning a lot uh, getting a lot of instructions and corrections yeah. from my trainer. Um, there is a lot of work on myself, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah. But I'm so happy I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm very, very happy, um, and especially that's a, that's the time um, when I slow down, when I switch off, which is very rare otherwise. So it's beautiful. I'm going to this farm where I spend time learning something new, being beginner, which is again, something that I love. I have not been beginner for a long time and it's a really nice change. It can be scary. The older we get to be a it beginner is. or something, it you know. Is. Yeah. This, is, this is the moment when you again have to gather courage for something and where you have to open yourself to learn yeah. uh, or just open up yourself. That's just, you know, that proposition that sometimes we forget uh, how to do it. I, I think that we always should find that one thing that give us the beginner's mindset.
1: This episode was brought to you by Spinneys and is hosted by me, Devina Devecha and Tiffany Eslick. We're produced by Chirag Desai with artwork by Michelle Clements and Jihan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more and visit us at spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products.
0: We'll be back in two weeks and you can listen to our conversation with Michelle and Bill Johnson of Pitfire Pizza. See you then!